Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business. By identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Ara Fernizian, a social entrepreneur, author, founder, and CEO of Stratasys, which is a strategic consulting brand experience and communications firm. They serve as connectors, designers, incubators, and ecosystem builders to enable the next generation of purpose-driven entrepreneurs and solvers. He is also the author of Note to Self and Learn a Little About a Lot. You can find Ara on Instagram at Ara underscore Fernizian, which is A-R-A underscore F-E-R-N-E-Z-I-A-N and LinkedIn at Ara Fernizian. I would like to thank Ara for being part of this podcast and without further ado, let's dive in. Ara, thank you for being here. Thank you, Badr. <laughs> we talked before starting the podcast on a great amount of different topics. They were on social entrepreneurs, they were on how empowering people, mental health and life coaching and how it changed your life and how you're becoming a mentor or a coach for the youth, yes? So to start with, I would like to know what is social entrepreneurship, for example? Now, social entrepreneurship, first of all, thank for the question, uh, Better. So just to put some context into it, for the last 25 years, I've been very active as a corporate executive in a publicly listed company. Mm. And 2016, uh, it was a turning point for me. I had my first burnout. Okay. Yeah, and I tried to overcome that through yoga and uh, meditation and so on, which mm. it wasn't something I planned to, but my friends told me to do that. And uh, later on, after two years, I decided to gonna start my uh, my own thing. So I launched Stratasys at that time, which we didn't, I didn't have completely an idea on what I want to do. But I was sure that I'm going to take entrepreneurship path. And social entrepreneurship was not yet in my uh, understanding. But I always believed that there is something more than work. There is something beyond money. There is something beyond success. Mm. Because, you know, like all of those stuff, it leads you into asking a lot of questions to yourself. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm. So I started my uh, innovation entrepreneurship master's with HSA Paris. It took me two years. And then they, we had a course on social entrepreneurship. And the whole idea was about how you can align your economic goals with doing good. So like you always say that so for, for, for many people, we always look at money being evil or having money is bad. Actually, the question is, what do you do with money is the question. What do you do with technology is the question. What do you do with what you have is the question, not them by itself, because they don't have power if you don't use them for a certain purpose. Yeah. So what social entrepreneurs, they do actually, it's in their mind, they focus on the triple P, like 
triple bottom line, they call it, or you focus on your work on people, planet, and profit, or you can focus on people and profit or planet and profit, for example. So everything starts with finding a problem, falling in love with the problem so you can solve it. So money is not your objective. Your objective is to solve a particular problem that means a lot to you. As you can see today, the most successful entrepreneurs, they started their life from a problem they had it before. They solved it first to fix themselves or to improve themselves. And this became for them a, a gift to the universe, a gift to people. Because at the end of the day, why would you solve a problem you don't understand? Like you can ask a guy, uh, you know, you brought this, the topic of Elon Musk, for example. Yeah. Why? I mean, if you ask me, do I need to really build cars that are electric? Or I would not necessarily want to save the planet in this way. And then you can ask a question, why do I need to save the planet? But the thing is, it all always starts with myself. I need to become better first so I can be better with other people. So social entrepreneurship, it's a context of a couple of things, but it should have a lot of empathy in it. So you should feel with people, you should feel with the planet, what's happening, you should have gratitude. And then you need to build those to build your venture. And making money is so important because you need to make money. It's a business. You need to sell services. So money is an enabler here, not the purpose. Yeah. It's a tool for me to achieve my end goal. Yeah. So this is why um, some people, they have a good knowledge, let's say, on solving a problem, but they don't have commercial mindset or entrepreneurship mindset. So they fail, they fail eventually because they cannot make money or they have bad relationship with money. So this year, uh, this will take you to a totally different uh, conversation. So we talked about the social entrepreneurship and then you mentioned you had a burnout in 2016, right? So would there be an advice you remind yourself with and why for burnouts, for example? Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest indication today that you will have a burnout if you worry a lot. People who worry a lot and they have a lot of anxiety, the chances for them to burn out is very high. So the question is, how can you change that? You shouldn't allow fear to dominate your life because fear of failure, fear of proving myself, what if? You know, like all of those childhood symptoms that we have, trying to become better, to prove our self-worth. I want to be successful so people respect me. I want to be people pleaser because I want to be heard. All of those things, they create unnecessary emotions and triggers. And it will allow you to do things uh, not necessarily out of love or out of compassion. You do it out of fear. And this builds up over time. And you reach a point you cannot take it anymore. Like, for example, if my mistake was that I did, I wanted to prove my self-worth through my success. And I used to take big, big tasks and big jobs. And I used to do things that humanly I shouldn't have done it. But maybe if I had more compassion in me and love, maybe I would have been more patient with myself. And instead of finishing things in two years, I would have finished it in five years. See what I mean? So your love to what you do should be way much more powerful than your fear to overcome it. So you can build things meaningful and purposefully. Um, and how to prevent that? I think you need to pause. The power of pause is so important. You know, now, now even in my podcast with you, if I don't pause, I will not allow people to think a little bit. And if I go very fast. So posing, whether in communication, whether in life, this is something extremely important because pose has a power because first it allows you to ask me a question when I pose. It allows people to think about what I'm saying. And it allows me as well not to put fillers in my words 
like ah uh, or mm. I need to allow things silently. So moving ahead in life, the more we learn how to treat ourselves better, the better we'll become. All right. You mentioned about being more empathetic in terms of business and loving yourself or being more compassionate about yourself. And if we want to, let's say, go back a bit again, you start in ventures that are empowering the youth, connecting people and enabling them, either entrepreneurs or let's say um, decision makers, right? And then you have two books. One is in terms of how your habits will affect or have a turnaround on your life. And the other one, the other one was um, The Note to Self, which is how these struggles and these would help you in your in your life. And correct me if, if I'm not giving it the right briefing. What I want to see is um, you have started or you've been into these, let's say, ventures. What helped you or what made you go into these ventures? You know, as I mentioned earlier on the importance of aligning my economic goals with doing good. Mm. And all those, all this goes to my values, okay. right? What do you value most and why do, you, why do you care? Because everything we need to build in life, it should go back to our values first. So understanding our values will help us to define our purposes in life because you don't need to have one purpose, you have purposes in life, many purposes. And the why came up a lot, like for example, let me give you a question of what I mean. Today, to give meaning to our work, it's quite something very important because some people, they work, they see work as a job, other they see it as a career path, and other they see it as a purpose, right? So take job, for example. You work to make money. And if you ask another question, why do you need money? You say, because it will allow me to have a living. And why do you need more money? To allow you to buy and take things when, whenever you want. So why do you want to do that? Because I value my freedom. And why do you value your freedom? Because it makes me feel, it, it helped me be me. So it will empower me. So as you realize that your job is that not actually to make money, is to, is to give you freedom because you value freedom. So this, it gives meaning to the job that you're doing. But if you ask me on why I did what I do, I believed always that youth in our region, when you study about them, you realize that with the technological transformation, all the climate change challenges, with all the social media, which is today creating more panic around the world and uh, negativity, youth are the highest consumers of social media. When we did the Future Skills Report, we have identified a lot of challenges youth are facing and, and what kind of skills we need to give them to take them out of this particular challenge. So first, we need to meet them where they are, understand their concerns, and inspire them towards their goals. Okay, so um, and understand how difficult it is when you're a young person, you don't have an ecosystem around you. It's hard uh, for you to build a successful life or happy life around you. And I always said that our youth in the world, especially in our region, they deserve way much more than what we are giving. And UAE was an inspiration for me when six, seven years ago, the youth topic came on the surface through our leadership. It was an eye-opener for me, like everyone else. And I, I felt that... We need to do something about it. So I wanted to be part of this bigger mission, which was I've always felt is much bigger than I am. And UAE inspired me to that. I mean, and um, and I always felt this is something I need to give back to the society because when I came here at my age of 21, UAE helped me build my future here. Mm -hmm. So I said, how can I help the young people here? 
uh, my way back on giving back. So, so this giving back, being compassionate, having empathy, and going beyond the self, it opened the new doors for me. And the learning about empowerment, it changed a lot through time. Now, when I'm doing my coaching practice, I've learned that the role of the coach is not to give advice. It's actually to help you find your voice again and to help you find your strength again. So because you don't see someone is not full, is not whole. So your job is simply to empower them and give them the tools and the right questions to help them dig down to the root cause of what are your obstacles and how you can find your way out. Because if I don't allow you to do it yourself, how can I empower you? If I bring you the tools in front of you, I'm telling you, you cannot do it. I had I have to do it instead of you. So again, I am disempowering you and creating more victims around me. So this is how everything evolves. So it's a transformation phase that you have to go through, but it didn't start in the beginning in 2018. That is what I want to do. It changed over time. So it kind of pivoted from one thing to another and then it shaped to what it is right now. Yes. When it, when it stopped to be about me anymore, it changed a lot the way I think about the particular subject. Hmm. So being right wasn't an, it wasn't an objective anymore. Hmm. Doing the right thing was what I most cared about. Well said. And in your book, know a little about a lot. You mentioned about habits, right? And unfortunately, I haven't read it yet because I knew about it recently. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask, would you say within these two books that you have written and the, the empowerment as, as a vision or, or as a purpose to give back to, to the people or to have a purpose-driven cause which is greater than the individual, right? Is there any thoughts that you start and endeavor with or any habitual thought that you would continuously work or repeat yourself? Okay, so when it comes about habits, first of all, you need to understand whether your habits are good habits or bad habits. For sure. Remember, we spoke about values in the beginning, mm -hmm. whether your habits are fulfilling your values or you are aligned with your values. Yeah. It all starts with awareness. You need to know yourself first. You need to make a kind of what we call it in uh, self-audit. Yeah, so people can use something called Wheel of Life. Uh, if they can Google Wheel of Life, there are a lot of assessment tools there that they can define your life when you look at it career-wise, uh, relationship-wise, uh, spirituality-wise, or uh, financial, or because success is not defined by career or with money or with relationship. It has with fun. Like, are you having fun in your life? Because if you want to reduce stress, what do you do? You have fun. So if you don't have fun enough, which means you're fixated with stress, and how would you beat stress if you are always stressed? So, so this is like having stress, okay, it's, it's, it builds over time. So awareness, you need to be aware about your emotions, right? There are no bad or good emotions. There are emotions. But what do you do with those emotions? Your triggers are good or bad. Let's say I'm angry. So what do you do when you're angry? Do you pause? Or do you automatically jump on conclusions and, you know, or you give yourself a pause? So what happens, you need to build habits, for example, to start to learn. First of all, you need to have awareness. Then you need to put a goal to yourself. You need to have accountability towards that. And then 
you start to build, uh, you need to build consistency around it. So if you don't have a goal, how you can build a habit? If you don't have accountability, how you going to build a habit? Let's say you're a smoker and you want to stop smoking. What do you do? Smoking is a habit. You're angry or something happens, you smoke. But when you start to realize, okay, why do I need to automatically smoke when something happens? Why do I need to pause for a minute? So what's triggering you to smoke? Smoking is the habit, but something is triggering you. So you need to understand the trigger first. Right. Once you understand the trigger, either what you call it the ADE, or you add something to the habit that you have, or you delete it, or you edit it. And it takes time because you, you need 21 days uh, to practice it on a daily basis. Let's say you want to become, you want to read books. So what do you do? You read every day before sleeping, 10 minutes before you sleep. 10 minutes, whatever happens. You know what? Two pages. So what you're doing here, you're creating a habit of reading before sleeping because you decided to stop using social media before sleeping. So you are deleting social media, replacing with reading. Why? Because you care about your mental health. If we would want to say you would like to cultivate your strengths, right? Would there be any repeated tasks that you intentionally do to help you cultivate those strengths or to become more productive? See, practice is what makes you good in and reach a certain mastery. You know, like the Japanese culture, they have to master a skill, you need 10,000 hours yeah. to master a skill. But to learn a skill, you can learn it in 100 hours or 500 hours. I don't know. It depends on what skill you're talking about. Practice means you have, should have good relationship with failure, right? So the more you practice, the, the more you become advanced in what you're doing. However, if you have ego issues, the first time you fail, you stop. You say, I'm not good enough, and you don't continue. This is why building a habit to become or to build a good skill, you need to have a right mindset. And to not have mindset is not enough to take you where you want to go because there are, according to Robin Sharma, he speaks about the four dimensions. One is you need to have the right mindset. Second, you need to have the right heart set, which is compassion and empathy. Three, you need to have the right health set, mental or physical. And four, what he calls it the soul set, spirituality. So each one of those, they help you achieve to manifest something that maybe that it makes you a happier person. Mm. Because only a mindset without having a heart is hard. Mm. You need to use your heart a lot. I mean, God gave us a heart for a reason. So, um, but we don't use our heart enough. So it's why when it comes on empathy, right? So if I don't use my heart towards what I'm doing or towards the people I'm going to serve, I cannot overcome my challenges. Every time I want to give up on what I'm doing, I remember those young people who I can serve or I can could possibly serve even more. And I see... And when you see how, you're, how you are helping them throughout their career or throughout their life, you say, you know what? It's worth every single penny. You know, what you just said reminded me of, of a thing that even other guests mentioned and I came across on either be it productive, uh, product, productivity books or trying to achieve peak performances that whenever, let's say, fear or failure or that urge to stop kicks in, there is that reminder of why they're doing certain things or whom are they benefiting by doing a certain act or that actual thing and which and which you just mentioned that if you wanted to stop then you are remembering the those youth individuals i'm going to include myself as part of them because i'm 
<laughs> sure, of course, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's the motivator. It's always attaching a bigger purpose or a bigger means to what you're actually doing. It's not only, it's not only, let's say, the 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 price, but rather the 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 bigger purpose that is attributed to it. So yeah. See, see on this topic, I mean. I would like to ask questions, I mean, for the listeners as well, to help them maybe understand better whether what they're doing is purpose-driven as something. And when I say purpose, there is professional purpose, which is business-related, or life purpose. Let's say you want to get married. Why? I want to live, have a family. Why do you want to have a family? I want to have a legacy. Exactly. So, and then, which means marriage equals legacy. So why legacy? Because it goes to your values. Okay. The best thing that I've learned over the years is to ask yourself, Will I still do what I'm doing if no one knows that I'm doing it? Will I still do what I'm doing if it doesn't make me money? Will I still do what I'm doing if I have $10 million, let's say, in my pocket? And this will start to eliminate things in front of you. And whatever matters to you the most stays. You know, this is very interesting. And I kind of somehow connect the individual purposes or the individual thinking, the personal one I mean, with how businesses could operate for hundreds of years. And uh, I came across Jim Collins, Built to Last. Yes. I read Good to Great and I read Built to Last as well. And he was in mentioning Built to Last, the book, he was talking about some of the things or some of the key questions the organizations should ask themselves whether if whatever they're doing now would this still be valuable 100 years from now? And whether no one cared about whether whatever they're doing, whether, whether they would still be doing it or not. And let's say in a similar fashion you just mentioned, if no one else is knowing whatever you're doing, would you still be doing it, right? See, on the, on the topic you talked about corporations, you need to remember that when capitalism started, and uh, I think Friedman was... Who said that? The Who, Friedman? Friedman, yeah. yeah. When he said that the purpose of a corporation is to generate profit to its shareholders. So the objective of a company was simply to make profit and to satisfy their investors and that's it. And this was something, even it took Nobel Prize, I think, on this, uh, on this ideology. Back in the 80s, when uh, Drucker and other, and other thinkers and other strategists came into play and they became more successful, they said it should be more about shareholder value, not uh, stakeholder value, which means businesses should be made to serve not only the investors, the society, the people, yeah. the employees and the rest. And there was a big debate on the subject. And today uh, there is a big movement around the world where we see what they call it the stakeholder capitalism. And now we see more and more talking about purpose. I mean, Harvard Business Review and all universities around the world now, they speak more about purpose than ever. Why? Because I think we've seen in the U.S. last year uh, and this year uh, talking about the great resignation, for example, and even Beyonce made a song on that, they break my soul. People are resigning from their jobs for no reason, even if they don't have money. Why? Because they're burned out. They're stressed all the time. So how can corporations in these days make sure that they prioritize the well-being of their employees, especially the high achievers, Versus the others. And you know, like I was talking with my friend the other day, uh, apparently um, in their company, they were saying that now they're going to allow employees, let's say, to have a month working from home. So she applied and she wanna, said, this is amazing. She's a high achiever. She does a lot of great things. They said, no, no, you cannot have it because, you know, we depend on you a lot. So the idea is, do you 
allow people who are not working in the company to work from home for a month and the ones who are doing a lot of things that normally you cannot rest. I mean, see this mentality of prioritizing the well-being of high achievers in the corporations should come as a priority. In my view, bring them a life coach. Help them become better. Let them overcome their obstacles because these guys, men and women, what they are giving to the corporations is invaluable at any means. Even the owner cannot do that. So purpose is becoming very important. And this is something we need to speak about. You don't find your purpose. You create your purpose. So the idea of a purpose will like, you know, you know, you dig on the floor or a parachute falls. No, you create your purpose. You don't find it. By keep practicing it and being sincere with yourself, you'll achieve that. This is why you need to put meaning in what you're doing. Let's say you're doing podcasts, you put meaning to your podcast, or it can be simply a job, let me do it and go home. Or you're doing it because you think there is meaning behind it. You're going to serve people. You want to, you know, create more dialogues, cross-generational discussions. You know, you give meaning, then we become better at it, right? So, if we give meaning to what we're doing, then passion comes in. You know, people, they say, how can I find my passion? You don't find your passion. You, you work on it. The more you do something and you put meaning into it, passion comes up. We're not saying about the art. You can say, you know, like my daughter was saying, I'm passionate to become an F1 driver. Okay, can you drive, let's say, a karting car? No, no, I don't like it. Then how can you become an F1 driver? So you're passionate because of, you have it, you love the sports or you want to be a driver. So we start, you know what my passion is or I like the sport. Great. So what I'm good at? I'm good in communications. Okay, so can you speak about F1? And then whether the world needs what you're saying. You know, this is the Ikigai principle in finding the purpose. Mm. You start with what you're good at, what you love to do, what the world needs and how I can make money out of it. Mm. If you can connect these four dots together, it gives you closer direction towards the purpose you want to go yeah. for. So I believe you have mentioned something with regards to the fears and failures that you should change your mindset towards failures, right? So I would say in, in brief, whenever failures hit, what would you do? Failure is a friend, it's not your enemy. We start there. You need to give, so if we need to give an avatar to our failure, how it looks like. NFT. <laughs> so let's make an avatar for failure. How does it look like? Call it a non-failure. <laughs> a trigger yeah. or whatever. So let's know. say if I put a failure in avatar. Yeah. For me, my failure is someone who's trying hard to make something work. It's like a baby trying to walk. First time they fall, second time they fall. So what the parents do? They beat up the kid? Or they tell him, okay, you know what? Try again. Otherwise, we would be all crawling by now. Nobody would be walking. So as you know, as kids, the best example, the toddlers, when they start walking, they fall once, twice, several times until they start to walk. But what the parents did was so important. They encourage them. Adults don't have, um, let's say, that margin <laughs> anymore. I mean, individuals don't give themselves that margin of error, let's say, or failures for them to try again. How can you progress? I mean, you know, like if every single scientist in this planet, they stopped after the first failure, I don't think we would have been this podcast happening today. I don't think you'd have him Panadol. You don't even have this bottle of water here. So this is, but there is something, there is a cost of failure. This is something I like to emphasize on. So at work is different in a personal life. At work, 
it could be that you want to, you have an idea and you want to try it and it costs you half a million dirham to try it and you fail. Actually, the problem is not the failure. The problem is your ego that you invested half a million dirham on an idea that you didn't test it before investing that money. So here comes a lack of knowledge on how to build a venture. So failure by itself, it's an amazing friend to help you grow. This is where you become uncomfortable. You keep trying. But when failure is an enemy, then I think this demands a lot of self-talk and journaling and the meditation and maybe asking for help to take you overcome that so you can understand the root cause why failure is bad. All right. So if, if there are three concepts others should adopt, what would that be? From my experience, you need to learn how to rest. The best athletes around the world, they can tell you the rest is as important as being productive. Second, to be productive, you need to understand your energy levels, what is called energy management. When you're productive, it's when your energy is at peak is where you do difficult tasks. Let's say if you wake up at six, at six or seven and you think that your most productive time is from 10 to one, then the most difficult tasks you should do it during this period. So energy management and understanding your energy is crucial for your healthy lifestyle and, of course, becoming more productive and efficient in what you're doing. And the third thing, spend time with people, have fun. After all, we're not here only to work and serve. We're here as well to connect. This is why we're human beings. We love, you know, the social. We like to do things in communities. We love to do things together. This is why when we're together, we're better. But to do that, we need to have a bit of sense of moving away from social media for a while, enjoying our time with people together, have fun. And this is the most important three things I can tell you and everyone listening. <laughs> Let's say if fans or even the youth would want to copy your footsteps, maybe not, the, not your footsteps since you mentioned coaching. So that means their own footsteps. Where should they start? I think the first thing is that they need to be patient. They, should, they shouldn't need to figure out everything now. You know, my best advice would be is that they need to take time. They need to give time to things. They need to be patient, right? This is the most important thing. So let's say you need to build a business. You need 10 years to build it. To be a master in a certain skill, you need 10,000 hours. There is time. But while doing that, learn how to be kind with yourself. There are a lot of books these days, a lot of amazing uh, podcasts like what you're doing. There's a lot of YouTube uh, learning people can do, but we're not patient enough to learn. Okay, with the available, let's say, vast knowledge online via internet, Google, um, uh, YouTube, podcasts, whatever you're going to source your information from, what would be three most important places or things that you would recommend others to source or to consume at least. Now, if we go back to the idea of what we value the most, let's say if we value respect, if you value uh, commitment, if you value relationships, first we need to start with our values and yep. we need to list down a couple of values that we have. And then we need to find people that they inspire us the most and read their books or read their biographies. Okay. and see how they've done it, okay. regardless whether it's professional or spiritual or relationship-based, whatever it is. And we need to surround ourselves with people that can help us go where we want to go. Because it's so important that, say, if I want to tell you today, uh, select five 
outside your family, of course, select five people that you want to friend them, befriend them. So myself can, and I and to whoever other people. Yeah. So you need five people around you, select five people around you or three or, or even two that they can inspire you to go where you want. They can help you. They yeah. can teach you. They can challenge you. You know, we need to move away from this drama triangle, being a superhero or being a victim or being a, uh, you know, uh, judging people all the time. We need to empower. We need to help people create their solutions instead of uh, judging you, challenge people. So for young people, for them to take these three steps that you're talking about or what I just mentioned, they need to source their uh, books or information or their reading material from based on their values, you start with, start with your values first, see the people that they inspire you the most and go read about their lives and see how they have done it. This is the best way, in my opinion, that can help, at least from a podcast point of view, because it's very difficult. And definitely uh, find communities. I mean, like the one that we have is the Youth for Sustainability. Mm-hmm. It's a community of young people. I mean, we give a lot of learning on skills, people skills, uh, on how to build resilience. Because building resilience is like one of the most important factor that someone has to focus on. And don't procrastinate at any price. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. You know? I mean, like, people procrastinating, they have their reasons too, but uh, I hope they can figure out why. And uh... All right, Ara, this is the end of the podcast. Thank okay. you for being here. It was a pleasure listening to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, You're most welcome. You know, like Jay Shetty says, let's make wisdom go viral together. All right. <laughs> <laughs> This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.